Uh, hello there. Welcome to the awesomeo.com NFL strategy show presented by Prize Picks. Your favorite time and day of the week. It's Thursday, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 1103 to be exact. Thank Jordan Klein for that. I'm kidding. Jordan Klein <laughs> is actually the, the one that gets on us whenever you know I run downstairs to grab a water or something. He, this man is on it. But anyway, I digress. Favorite day of the week, favorite time of the week. Last time we're going to be doing this for a while. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafayette underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D for those of you podcast listeners joined by Matt Savoka at Draftaholic. And like I said, this is it. This is it. You got the Super Bowl. It's bittersweet. Should be a fun game, but this signals the end. And we won't be back here, Matt, until next September, this upcoming September. It's it's kind of sad, man. It is kind of sad. It's a little surreal, right? Because we've been on the grind for this is the 23rd straight week of there being some sort of football to cover here at Awesome. And that's not mentioning the preseason, which is a little more free form. And by the way, I just got a shout out there like, they, oh, hello there, like a little film noir it was a dark and stormy night it's, it's very different for you <laughs> you're used I, to I like the you <laughs> there's always something but i mean it is it is the last matchup show and we only have one game to cover and so typically we would say this isn't a marathon matchup show but you guys are completely wrong there are 33 bets that odd shopper currently has for the player props that are above 50 percent odds of hitting we are going through every single one no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding hey man i'm We're gonna go <laughs> you think we can do two hours here today if we I'm needed kidding. to i have no doubt we could jordan just but, went uh, oh god <laughs> No, you got the just, fan like, up show coming up after us with uh, Greg Ehrenberg and Ryan Petnayak, your boy Rinpak, right after this at noon. So stick around for all of that. Happy to have you guys with us as always. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. I mean, we got over a 50% thumbs up to viewer ratio right now. That's how you know the people watching with us are the people that do it every week of the year. I'm still going to see if we can get some of those marathon matchup shirts. I'm just going to give, I just want to give them out to some people that have been with us for. What this is the 22nd week of the season. Yeah, yeah we got to give the uh, the lifers here and uh, maybe we could have some sort of soft launch and then like have a big push when the uh, the when next season rolls around with some merch. I had to get a cavity or two filled yesterday, man. Is there any worse experience oh. than the dentist when they numb you up? Dude, I hate the dentist. Oh, it's the I worst. Absolutely hate the dentist. My wife's a dental hygienist too, right? So she cleans my teeth. She's good at it. Very good at it. I don't feel a damn thing. But you come in there, popped it in the back here. It, it wasn't, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't even a cavity. I think it was one of the fillings was breaking down. You know, I take pretty good care of my teeth. I like to consider it genetics, Matt. You know, I don't take any blame for this. I share no blame in that. But uh, Absolutely. Absolutely not. But I'm at a hockey, I'm at my hockey game last night and I'm talking to my body and we agreed that when this happens, usually there's never any pain. It generally it's painless outside of a little pressure. The problem is that that overwhelming feeling of dread that the pain is right around the corner, right? Mm -hmm. That the, the, the mm -hmm. anesthesia is not going to work, that you're going to catch one to the root and you're just going to jump out of your chair. That's the fear that accompanies going to the dentist and having to get any dental work done. Am I wrong? You are not wrong at all. In fact, uh, this is the craziest thing. I, I had a dentist 
in uh, in my early 20s. They have since closed their doors, but they had a DVD player hooked up to like basically what looked like VR goggles, but this was like the early 2010s. So basically you put on these goggles, it was playing a DVD, so you could not see the treachery happening around you. And I will say that was a pretty sweet setup, but uh, dentist it, sucks. I prefer nitrous. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever hit the gas while you're in the dentist? I've gotten the gas before. Uh, I had a oh. canal before. God, it's a, it's a lot. It's fun. I mean, I, <laughs> this place doesn't do it. And again, I go to my wife's the, the, the practice there, but the place I went to before who I was getting cavities on purpose, Matt. Oh, okay. It's just, just I'm so uh, we get the little clown nose and get in there. No, oh, man, but I but, did uh, need, I did need my two top wisdom teeth pulled. I was like 24 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were in like, they, they never hurt or anything. But you have wizard teeth in, it's hard to get to them back there. So they kept me awake for it, but they were fully in. They'd been since I was like, been in since I was like 17. And they they just cranked up the gas. And thank God, because you hear that oh, as no. they're cracking the tooth out and the pressure and they're pulling and they yank it out and the blood starts pouring. You got to be you got to be gassed up for something like that, man. Got to be crank yeah. it to the top. I unfortunately have the exact memory that you have just triggered. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And look at the debauchery in our chat. There's people saying they stole, <laughs> we stole nitrous tanks in high school. Oh, my. Oh I my tried. I could never get away with. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never been to a concert and they roll one out from underneath of their Honda Civic hatchback. You know, Jordan, you've never you've never done that. I, I have not seen that before. There, what? That's where that's where oh, we, in Philly. We anybody that's from, from I mean, I'm sure it happens elsewhere. But in Philly, you go to a game, you go to a concert like a Red Hot Chili's pe Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. They, they you hear that clank, 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 clank. And then the cops come and they clank it back under. Yeah. I mean, egregiously expensive. It's a, it's a huge ripoff, but. Anybody that's been around this way in their younger years, it's been, I probably haven't done it since I, in like fifth, no, more than that, a long time. But, oh, yeah, they roll it out from under the cars, Matt, and then they do five for 25, which is stupid because that doesn't sound you. like a oh discount at all. Yeah, yeah, but like these are. Oh, I've know, heard, yeah, I've heard of them. Medical Sorry. grade. <laughs> yeah, you never had the, the little Whippet cartridges that they have, like the tiny little Whippet cartridges? No, I've seen them. I've seen those on the ground. I have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, next time we hang out. <laughs> Just <laughs> a little whiskey whip it at classic. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, talk a little football, Matt. Feeling a little better. Feeling good. Got the coffee in me. You on your second cup of coffee today? Oh, absolutely. I had a re uh, video recording this morning. Had to get that first cup in. Now we're on to the second updated some of the tools, made sure I was up to date with uh, all the stuff we had at Osmo going on. And, uh, and we're in it now, the last game. I, I like that we're kind of dragging it out here. Maybe if you're listening, you're like, get to the game, analyze it already. This is the matchup show. But we've been we've been looking at this stuff for two weeks now, and, and there's yeah. a lot to get into here for sure. But you can only talk about how good Cooper Cup is so many times, how cool under pressure Joe Burrow has been so many times. I'm excited to talk some range of outcomes here, but uh, it's also nice to chop it up and uh, just shoot the breeze for a minute. too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's what we should do, too, because this is my third NFL show in three days. Right. So 
Uh, I'll take a slightly different approach. I'll let you run with this as long as you need to today, Matt, <clears throat> make, make things a little bit easier. But uh, we have ownership projections updated. We have the NFL showdown top plays tool updated, which is the best one you're going to find out there, hands down. Uh, so all of that stuff, we got that at our disposal today. And free tools. If you're looking for free tools, you got NBA, a little free action going on there with the NA, uh, NBA player projections. NHL ownership rankings are also free today. You don't need a sub or anything if you, if you want to get in on that. But let's kick it off with the Rams. So they're 26.25 implied total. They're four-point favorites here against the Bengals. I guess the biggest question, Matt, is let's start with this. If we're stacking, right, how are you, what are your preferred stacking options based on optimal lineup probability, based on uh, salaries and ownership? And if you're talking DraftKings, based on what we're doing with that captain spot where you have to pay one and a half X. Look, it's tough when you're talking about high salary players to take the plunge because you know if they don't hit salary-based expectations, they you've essentially sunk your lineup when you're taking one of those top two options in Los Angeles. But I'm honestly not getting cute with my with my builds here. I'm playing a ton of Cooper Cup. In our latest run of our top plays tool on DraftKings, he's, he's in the optimal lineup 56% of the time. I just really see... No reason unless you are specifically building a fade Cooper Cup lineup to go away from this guy. He's just the best player on the field. I like his odds to be MVP right now. I think they're at plus 550 where you can bet them on FanDuel. I mean, I just think that the way that the Rams win this game, the most likely way they meet their implied total is with Cooper Cup simply doing what Cooper Cup has done all season long. And Cincinnati, while playing better defensively of late. In fact, over the last five weeks, if you just look at those stats in terms of points allowed per game, they're up there in the top 10 of all teams in the league, just using their playoff stats going forward. But I don't know. I, I just don't see their secondary slowing cup and Stafford down. So I'm going to just a ton of Stafford and cup stacks and building it out with low salary, volatile options from there. You know, you mentioned Cooper Cup with uh, MVP odds, and I've got to tell you, the, the show we do every year right before the Super Bowl, talking about all of our favorite props, some crazy ones, but also just some really good ones. I've been digging. I think I found some great ones out there uh, that, that, that there's, there's an edge with. But this, the MVP one is, is always my favorite. And I tell you guys every single year <clears throat> that we've done this, uh, Usually it's going to be a quarterback. And if it's two star quarterbacks, I'm always looking to take the MVP of the team I think is going to win. Last year, uh, Tom, the, my, my biggest bet last year uh, outside, uh, my biggest prop bet last year was Tom Brady to win the MVP. Or I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Brady, right? Wasn't last year Brady? Yeah. Yep, Tom Brady yep. to win the MVP because it was either him or Mahomes. I mean, other, you're, you're not Mahomes was a young up and comer, right? the guy that, that you were looking to uh, usurp Tom Brady in the rankings, who knows if that's going to, if, if where we're at now, but just in terms of where they stood and, and Tom Brady's Tom Brady. So it kind of didn't matter what anybody else did. You saw the year before that uh, with Patrick Mahomes. If I'm getting the years mixed up, you know where I'm going. No, no, this. you're exactly right. You're yeah. exactly right. Where Damian and, and Williams probably should have won it, you know, mm -hmm. 
But this one's a little different to me because I do have the Rams winning. Now, if the Rams don't win, it ain't going to be Cooper Cup. I do have the Rams winning. And Cooper Cup is the type of player that can have that game where he is just outshining his own quarterback because no other receiver does anything big. So I went back and looked. Remember, Julian Edelman um, had that MVP in a very low-scoring game. Probably has to be a lower-scoring game to get us there. Uh, and then before that, the last one was Santonio Holmes uh, back in that the, the, the game against uh, Arizona. Uh, yeah. And then Heinz Ward and Deion Branch back-to-back few years before there so in the last like 17 years you've had four wide receivers i could certainly see it being cooper cup this year if the rams win this game for sure absolutely and you hate to say that maybe there's a little bit of uh marketing when it comes to the super bowl mvp but i do think the quarterbacks that they tend to favor when it's sort of a toss-up whether it should be a skill position player player or that quarterback of the winning team they tend to favor the quarterbacks with dare i say more marketability and though you might say look at 2013 joe flacco joe flacco was about to cash in on one of the largest contracts we had ever seen from a quarterback if he won that super bowl and he went out there and did it nick Foles played undeniably well but for the most part we see the NFL anointing the winner of the Super Bowl's quarterback when it's a quarterback that is sort of sort of in that NFL fraternity. Not to say that these quarterbacks aren't yet. And Joe Burrow on the other side. I mean, even if he has a mediocre game and the Bengals win, he's going to win the MVP. He, he absolutely sure. is. But That's, I don't feel like the I just don't feel like the NFL feels as strongly about Stafford's story as they do about Brady exactly. or Mahomes. And that's nothing against Stafford. It's just against the no, you're the exactly right. S tier that those players are in. No, you're hundred percent right. And that's why you, know, you, you, if you're betting the MVP, you have to understand that the, this, this is, uh, this is not, it, it's by pe people. It's a subjective award, right? So you have to take emotion into this, right? You have to take just overall sentiment into this uh, on how people feel about it. If, if they win and Joe, Joe Burrow throws even like one touchdown and doesn't get picked off, you know, it, it's probably Joe Burrow. On the other side, though, yeah, I see it a little differently. And keep in mind, Foles threw for almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, and he caught a touchdown. And mm -hmm. hold on a second, too. Foles is one of the cool, and I don't, I honestly don't say this as an Eagles fan. Foles is one of the coolest stories ever to win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, the guy oh. came in when Carson Wentz went down, they were like 12 and two or 12 and one at the time, comes in and everyone says our season's over. They were underdogs in every playoff game that they had, and Foles led them to a Super Bowl against the greatest quarterback ever. So, of course, he's going to get the MVP, and he should have. But it just he out offensed Brady in that game. Remember, Brady threw for 500 yards. Yeah, it wasn't like Philly D, who, which was great that year, stopped New no. England. They did nothing. They did nothing. Foles just Brandon Graham work. had that one strip sack towards the end. It was made the difference. Yes. But that was it. And again, though, the the narrative surrounding someone like Nick Foles was awesome. Everyone wanted to see it, right? Especially so many people out there despise Tom Brady and the Patriots. I'm really not one of them. I, I'm really, even though trust me a lot of people a lot of philly fans do not like the patriots or or, or, or brady I, I never really cared all that much but with nick Foles, people wanted to see him win with joe burrow and and i talked to people i listen to stuff P 
people want, I don't think he will, but people want to see Joe Burrow win. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to do that show tomorrow, Matt. It's, it's tomorrow. I think we're 11 Eastern. You, Greg, and myself, we got some awesome props to go over too. I already, we already the got them all down. That's show. Oh man. That's going to be great. Hopefully you guys will hang out with us, but you know, the running back position is weird here with the Rams where you have Sony Michelle or sorry, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, who McVay said uh, he has a shot at getting on the field. We haven't seen him since week 16 and he's dealing with that knee. He was on the IR. I'm, I'm torn here, Matt, because, and Eric, I think Linquist yesterday with Gajeski and myself brought up some good points where it's like, Hey, listen, we really don't know. And I, I made a counter argument when he was talking about Sonny Michelle. I said, yeah, but he's, he's not cheap. And he brought up a point that I knew was coming because he's right. Sonny Michelle isn't cheap and he's not considerably cheaper than, than Akers is. But that's going to just draw a huge disparity in ownership. So we have to look at this from a couple different angles. I'm still not positive where I land on it, especially if you're someone that's only playing like three lineups, maybe five lineups, and you can't just spray everywhere with 150. That type of person might be uh, a little bit more hamstrung in this spot, or at least a little bit more um, having a tougher time pulling the trigger on one decision or the other. So we got you with us today for the first time since we talked about the Super Bowl. How are you attacking the backfield for the Rams? I completely understand the game theory play behind going for a player like Sony Michelle. And it's not like Cam Akers has been tremendous, especially as a rusher. I think he was under three yards a carry last game. And he got banged up. As you said, you know, his shoulder is not 100%, missed a bunch of practices. They say they expect him to play, but I, I get it. I just believe that the Rams, assuming health here, they want to run Cam Akers. They want Cam Akers behind Matt Stafford 80% of the time. And Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle are going to mix in. And if injuries sway Sean McVay, I don't think he's going to move away here. But, excuse me. I don't think he's going to suddenly just lean on Akers, just be stubborn about it. But I think that it's going to take a little bit to move them away from Cam Akers as a starter and as a workhorse here. It's not like this team relies on the run. They use run as a complement to their passing game to set up their passing game. They are top two in the NFL in our game script adjusted pass rate and top five in the NFL in game script adjusted pace of play. This is a fast pass first team. So they just need a rusher who can keep the offense off balance. And I believe that they think that Cam Akers is the best person to do that. In terms of optimal lineup percentage, I'm still getting to a lot more Cam Akers than I am Sony Michelle. Again, large field tournaments, you're trying to beat a bunch of people. This is the I get it move, but it's not like you're saving a huge amount of salary on DraftKings. What is it, 5K on for Sony Michelle versus That's what I, well, that exa Exactly, Matt. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a $1,400 difference in the utility spot. So you're going, if you're using something like fantasy cruncher, you're pretty much going to have to like put your, put your thumb on the projections here and boost up Sony Michelle or bring down uh, cam Akers If you want to get really any Sony Michelle, I'm getting a little bit of him right now, but it's really just because it's a, a contrarian play from a value perspective. It just doesn't make a lot of sense with our projections right now. I do get it. And that, that's kind of where I was coming in at. So the, the, the one argument is strictly game theory. That's pretty much it at, at that at his price point, right? 
I don't think there are any other arguments outside of just game theory. And, you know, last year there were over 500 people that chopped first place in the Millie. (laughs) That's, that's a lot. Maybe, maybe low leverage plays that aren't, you know, terribly dumb could, could be okay. Like, you know, I'm not telling you to go play a guy that literally isn't going to see a snap and just hope that someone gets injured. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but Sonny Michelle could get there just, Maybe he gets eight, nine touches. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Here's it's- what I will say. I think there's a clear, uh, clearly more effective back in the passing game, and that's Cam Akers. And remember, this Rams team, they're not an effective rushing team. 3.8 yards per rush this season. That's not strong at all. It's about what this team can do in their passing game. That's how they win, and Cam Akers is the better pass catcher of the, of the three, really. Do you think Daryl Henderson plays? I think he suits up, but I think he probably his most likely range of outcomes involves like two to five snaps or maybe a symbolic suit up because of how hard he's worked this year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, uh, I mean, I think you got to I think you have to suit him up. If acres has missed this much practice, then you got to suit up three running backs because if he gets hurt, then you need somebody other than Michelle. For sure. And, and Henderson's not a bad guy to fill those shoes. Not at all. Yeah. The tight end position. This is what makes this game interesting. It's rare that you have players coming in question, like legitimately questionable to Super Bowls, right? At least guys that you're talking about rostering. I don't, I don't think there's any way Higby plays. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but it doesn't seem like he is going to play. He still isn't practicing, still isn't practicing. You know, you're a few days out. This guy still hasn't gotten on the field. If he's not on the field today, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And Sean McVay was, was asked, I'll read this. Um, Sean McVay told Henderson on Monday, I guess that's a reporter that, Uh, I don't think so regarding the tight ends chances to suit up uh, this week at practice. So, I mean, it it seems unlikely. The problem is Kendall Blanton is the furthest thing from a value play. Uh, He's what's, what's his price at? Hold on a second. I can't, why can't I find it? I'm looking it up right now. I don't know why. I mean, he should be right there. He is at 4,600 on DraftKings. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I couldn't find him. He's literally, he, he's $200 cheaper than Tyler Higby. That doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. He's priced up like Higby isn't going to play, right? So we can't really slide in uh, his usage. Bland, Bland has been used a little bit in the red zone, but we can't slide in the level of usage that Tyler Higby has seen in this offense if Kendall Blanton is in. So we it just really makes no sense fundamentally to have his salary be the same thing. This isn't like a, like a Dalvin cook, Alexander Madison situation. And it's priced kind of like that. So that makes no sense to me. If Higby's ruled out, it's just more cup, more Beckham, maybe Ben Skoranek, certainly Van Jefferson gets boosted, boosted up, but Kendall Blanton still seems like a low probability play. And uh, yeah, that's a- he's actually one of my least favorite plays as it stands right now. I'll get more of him uh, in large fields if uh, we do end up ruling Tyler Higby out. But that position does not excite me if Higby isn't there. You know, if Hig- 
I, I always enjoy these and we're going to talk about it tomorrow. But uh, one of the ones I told you is going to be fun to talk about for props. Number of players from a team to have a pass reception. Like the Bengals are at six and a half right now. And the under is actually even money. I'll tell you why I really like that uh, tomorrow. It, pending CJ Usama news, of course. Mm -hmm. The Rams are at, at six and a half too. And, you know, you kind of look at this team. Both of them have pretty concentrated offenses, which I think is what makes a showdown slate like this hard, which is what makes uh, value scarce on a slate like this. So you have it worked through this with me. Let's assume that Higby's out. You have Cup, you have Beckham, you've got Van Jefferson. We'll throw Blanton in there. Uh, and then you have Skoranek. And then I guess you're talking the if like no, Michelle and Akers. Yeah, I think Michelle and Akers probably catch a pass. I think two of those three running backs catching a pass seems reasonable. But th this is the thing, right? And Ben and I were talking about this yesterday. There's really tight windows here and say in the sense of like the ceiling for the Rams, unless they run a trick play is seven players, right? It's got to be the ceiling. Unless you really want to say that three running backs get receptions. I, I don't think that's very practical. The ceiling is like seven. The floor is pretty much five. So you're trying to hit that window with this, but they are both concentrated offenses. And when it comes to, when it comes to Kendall Blanton, I, I don't know how much you're going to get out of him, but I will say if Higby's out, you still have to consider playing Blanton. I mean, I, I, I think while he is a little bit too expensive, this is one of those guys who could go, you know, four for 45 and a touchdown. And at that price point, it's enough. I wouldn't be shocked if this game is not as high scoring as everyone thinks it is. I guess so. I mean, well, I mean, where else do you in the go? First 20 like, weeks of the season, Blanton didn't have more than three targets in a single game. Right. So four for 45 does seem like, you know, it's not, it's not out of the range of outcomes entirely, but we're talking about a one percentile outcome. Not if Higby's no. out, we aren't. I mean, he had five so. for 57 so. last week or last game with Higby out. You're right. You're right. I, I might have to adjust that. Like I, I'm not, I'm not excited about it. Trust me. I'm not, but, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is it, put it this way. If Higby was out and Blanton was like a thousand dollars, he's the highest. He's one of the highest owned players on the slate. Right. Yeah. That isn't to say that he's great at this price, but he played every snap that Higby wasn't yep. on the field. Yeah, and I mean, played, a 1K player, uh, every, a 1K every snap tight end in a one-game slate would have been a, a smash. Absolutely. So I, I'm with you. I guess I'm just working through the fact that the 4,600 seems egregious to me. Uh, you know, this this Rams team, you know, we haven't really talked about it from an overview standpoint, but they lead the Bengals in basically every efficiency stat I would want to see if I was looking at which team was going to dominate offensively in points per game and opponent points per game and first downs per game and yards per game in opponent yards per game in yards per play yards per pass. I mean, this, this Rams offense just appears on paper better than Cincinnati, not to say that that decides what happens on the field here. So if you want to play at every snap tight end, 
despite them being overpriced in a large field tournament, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I just think I'm probably going to find ways to get to as much backup and cup as humanly possible. I got you. He ran 36 routes and Higby played almost 20% of snaps. So I, I guess I'm a little bit higher on him than you are. I'm not telling anyone to get excited about Kendall Bland. I'm saying that I think he is a legitimate replacement in terms of snap count and it looks like he's a legitimate replacement in terms of routes run. So is he as talented as Tigby? Probably not, but I think he's going to assume the same role. That's what I'm saying. I think he'll have the exact same role. And I don't know. You've got allies in chat. That's for sure. Uh, you know, Gibran is saying Blanton is a Higby one for one replacement. So if he's a one for one yeah. replacement, that's what they did with the salary. That's I, I don't know if he is like, we'll have to find out, but based on the routes and the targets he was last week or last game, like legitimately was, you know? So anyway, what are you doing with, with Odell and, and Skoranek and, and Van Jefferson? Like how, what are we doing with those guys? Cause I, I said yesterday, I will die um, cold, emaciated, starving, malnourished on the Van Jefferson Hill. There's no way I can jump off now, Matt. It's just not in me. That's fair. And I mean, you're still looking at a big play receiver in Van Jefferson, averaging over, I believe, 15 yards per reception here. It's just that Odell Beckham's been quietly awesome, especially the last three games here in the playoffs. Four for four in the wild card round, six caught six of eight targets in the divisional round, and then nine of 11 targets for 113 yards last week. The touchdowns keep going to Cooper Cup here, but it's not like they haven't been feeding Odell Beckham. You know, he's sitting at 12.4 yards per reception in the playoffs, and he's had 23 targets, catching 19 of them. He's been awesome. And so thinking about this team having a secondary receiver playing this well, I, I just if lineups where I can't get to Cooper Cup because I'm building around a, another game environment, another one of these top players like somebody on the Bengals, uh, I, I'm really just trying my best to get to Odell Beckham. Van Jefferson is... Certainly my next choice there compared to Skoranek. And as you said, I, I'm a little bit lower on Blanton with my current lineup setup. But yeah, I mean, really, there isn't anybody else that I'm really considering here. I don't have a lot of faith in Ben Skoranek at all. Um, so right now, I have like 30%, nearly a third of my lineups have Odell Beckham either in the captain spot or the, the regular flex position here. And I might boost that by the time we get to Sunday. Gotcha. Jefferson's definitely been banged up. There's no doubt about it. He's still limited in practice, so I'll be keeping a close eye on that for sure. If he had two weeks and he's still struggling, I, that, that concerns me. My hope was that he would have two weeks and then he'd be back to full strength. Look, I'm totally I, – I would just say all of you guys should listen to nothing when it comes to me talking about Van Jefferson, but – I just get suckered into the fact that he has had that deep ball, you know, mm -hmm. upside and he's cheap. That, that's really all it comes down to. It's just been a while. You know, it's, it's been a while since we've had those games. Uh, it's probably back. He had a nice little stretch there between weeks 12 and, and 14 where he found the end zone in all three of them. He had a 52 yard touchdown, a 72 yard touchdown. That's some beautiful stuff. 
just just need to get back there. And it's tough because mm -hmm. his, his rapport with Matthew Stafford recently has looked rocky at best. So, yeah, there are people in chat saying he's butterfingers. That's the thing about uh, it's the old Deshaun Jackson axiom. And, and it's funny because Jackson was literally on this team. The fact that it doesn't matter if they drop two, if they catch one and it goes for 70 yards and a score at his salary, right? that's going to work out just fine. On a showdown slate. Exactly. And, and so, you know, both of these players, Odell Beckham and Dan Jefferson, have huge big playability, especially in this offense. But, you know, you got games in uh, Van Jefferson's game log this year, where he had 68-yard catch, a 79-yard catch. You just don't have that kind of upside in one play from that many players. And so you're not that's really what you're paying for in that extra salary. What is he 5,200 on DraftKings? Yeah. He doesn't look great from a median projection, but when you're trying to suss out what mid tier salary player actually has that ceiling where if things go exactly right, they could compete with those upper tier, upper tier salary players that hopefully disappoint. Van Jefferson definitely fits that bill, especially on the offense that's favored for more or that's implied for more points. No doubt. Kevin Koenig says if Skoranek caught that TD, everyone would be on him. God, that would be great. Seriously, I would love for everybody to be getting on Ben Skoranek. He ran 10 routes. He was targeted once. You know, that this is a guy that is, is very, very likely not going to do anything. So I personally would have enjoyed that greatly if, if he was popular to uh, this week as a, as a value option because he is – extraordinarily cheap maybe you want to get there it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities if this game is low scoring no. ben skoranek has like a 25 yard reception that isn't a touchdown and he still ends up in the optimal like that can happen and the i know you're i know you're skeptical here but what i'm saying matt is it there is no other real value if you're talking about someone that's going to be on the field name me anybody else in this game from either side that will be on the field that is as cheap as Ben Skorana. So he, I wouldn't be surprised if he catches zero passes, but I also wouldn't be shocked that some smart people get him in some lineups because of how cheap he is. Uh, and there's literally nobody else out there. If they're going with some really top heavy lineups. Well, how dare you insult Chris Evans, who we currently have projected for 0.25 DraftKings points <laughs> and Mike Thomas of the Cincinnati, I believe, I believe he was actually drafted by the Rams in like the fifth or sixth round. We need Gajeski to hear here to confirm that for me. But uh, yeah, besides that, he, Ben Skoranek is the lowest salary player that we have projected for at least one fantasy point. So point well taken. I guess we technically have some other plays for our millionaire maker players, but uh, I, I think that point's true. If Skoranek had caught that touchdown, he would be much more popular. Right now, as you know, in our optimal lineups tool, our top place tool for this showdown slate, Skoranek, despite the low salary, has a minus 2.7% leverage score, meaning his ownership is still too high compared to his owner, his uh, optimal lineup percentage. Yeah, I, I prefer not to get any Ben Skoranek. But if it's a low-scoring game, you've seen crazier things happen. We've seen, Absolutely. I've seen solo Millie winners this year with a one or a two in their lineup for showdowns. So you have to, you have to look at it from all angles. That's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, I, I prefer not to get too much Ben Skoranek. Uh I would prefer, however, for you guys to check out prize picks because 
it's you know that people say no brainer and usually it just is not true this is a legitimate no brainer decision because our sponsor prize picks if you sign up there using the link in the description or the one that jordan klein's about to throw in the chat right now you get a free month of awesome o plus platinum 90 dollars value maybe you've wanted to check it out for a while now and you just haven't had the chance all of our tools for every, even when football's over, you want to uh, dabble in PGA, you're already doing so. NBA, NHL, MMA, UFC, right? NASCAR is back. Esports. We have all of the tools that we have for football uh, for all of these sports. Ownership, projections, um, top stacks if it's applicable, top plays like the top driver, the top golfer tool where we run simulations. We give you the likelihood that they're going to be, you know, the top overall performer, you just check it out yourself. It's going to be free. Go to prize picks, use the link, use the promo code. Awesome. as well, get a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. When you sign up and deposit for the first time and check out their platform. The best part about this is it's not just some goofy platform that like, Oh, we'll give you a free month and you'll never play there. No, you will. Uh, people love prize picks. It's a daily pay player prop based uh, platform. No sharks, optimizers, mass entries, nothing like that. You're just building lineups, right? It could be two, three, four, or five props, however you want to do it, with uh, player props. No juice on either side of these. You're just taking the over or you're taking the under. And unlike your traditional books where if you hit four or five legs on a parlay, you get nothing. If you make a lineup and you hit four or five, you still 2x your money. That's sick. You 10x it if you go five or five. You could do the power play where you go with a four-player lineup, but you got to hit all four, you can 10X on that. So, I mean, a real way to build your bankroll, sustain it, but also make some great money over there. Get a free month of Awesome as well. Again, everything on the site for every single sport and $100 first match deposit bonus using the promo code Awesome A-W-E-S-E-M-O. What more needs to be said? Seriously. Download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, or go to prizepicks.com and check it out. Oh, and use our free player prop tool at Awesome. Use Odd Shopper. Use the expected win rate. I mean, if you want to get an edge and make life way easier, use Odd Shopper. It's totally free uh, to help you get the, the best lineups built with these player props. Prizepicks.com, sponsor of the strategy show. All right, Matt, let's talk about the Bengals. How much Joe Burrow and how much Cincinnati are you getting to? Is, is this a spot where you're confident that they'll be able to move the football? Because I had some you know, healthy and, uh, and, and, and respectful disagreements yesterday with Matt and Eric, they tend to see this game being higher scoring, uh, Joe Burrow being able to move the ball pretty freely. I, I think he could have some trouble in this one. I, I do think it's the toughest matchup he's faced in the postseason yet, uh, including the, the Kansas city chiefs, your thoughts, sir. So I, I'm trying to work through my biases here because I like high scoring super bowls so much. I mean, you just forget the narratives like that Atlanta, New England, Super Bowl, the Philly, New England, Super Bowl. Those are incredibly fun games. And maybe it was the fact that I was sitting at a Utah airport and no offense at the beautiful airport in, in Salt Lake City. But the people I was enjoying the Super Bowl 53 with New England versus uh, the Rams, and there was absolutely no scoring in that game. I was like, I I'm not even sure I like football anymore. You know, that game sucked. Yeah. What were you doing in Utah? I, I was actually at the Sundance Film Festival. If you're if you're at all into film, ah. even if you're not 
it, it connected to the industry. I can't say, get a group of friends, get like an Airbnb, make it affordable. It's really cool. You can catch all the movies you want. Uh, it, it, it's actually an incredible time. That's I agree. Pretty cool. I, it was awesome. Uh, I, it was not the ideal way to take in a Super Bowl, and I just want to say all this because I want scoring so badly, and I know that both offenses are capable of scoring. But remember, PFF during the regular season graded the Rams as the number one overall defense in team PFF defensive grades. They're one of the strongest teams in terms of being top 10 in yards per pass attempt allowed during the regular season and in yards per rush attempt allowed during the regular season. I think the narrative where Joe Burrow is outplaying his age, outplaying his actual team that he's on, he's just sort of operating on another level right now, is a way you can play this slate. Absolutely. He's got receivers like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who if they get open for a couple of big plays, like forget what the game script was supposed to be. It's on now. Like that, that could absolutely happen here. But when we're just looking at probabilities, Joe Burrow is that player who's kind of getting squeezed out. He's a quarterback on a one-game slate. I still have him in like 40% of my lineups when you look at the captain spot and the flex spot. But in terms of comparing him to the field, I'm probably going to be under. That obviously freaks me out, but uh, it's just kind of the way things are going right now with the way I'm building lineups. I get it. I get it for sure. Hey, would you consider – oh, Dante DiVincenzo is going to the Kings. Interesting. What – I'm still waiting on this hard news. Would you consider yourself a uh, a thespian? A thespian. I I I don't know what that definition is. I What? I guess so. Related to the arts and theater. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I enjoy it more than anything now these days though. Nice. What films were at the film festival? Give me a good indie film that played that that would be memorable. Um, human centipede human <laughs> centipede there was a wild documentary that i believe is on on hulu which was pretty darn funny called the amazing jonathan documentary the amazing hmm. jonathan if you don't know is like a vegas magic act in the 80s and 90s and he's kind of a wild character and this documentarian is pretty funny like wrote for some sitcoms and he kind of follows this absolutely wild subject through his life um, I had a lot of fun doing that. I'm like, I'm blanking. One of the things that was really cool the year that I went, it was the 20th anniversary of the Blair Witch Project premiering Ooh, at Sundance. Yes, of course. And they brought back the directors and they had a midnight screening of it. It was, that's one of the coolest movie experiences I've ever had. I'm going to have to do it sometime. Is it always in, is it always in Utah? Yeah. Here's the issue with it, Loffy though. It is two weeks, and it's it's been over Super Bowl weekend. Now uh, with the way I probably wouldn't even. I probably need a connection anyway, and couldn't probably do that. I'm not going over Super Bowl weekend. That's not happening. Yeah, Serge Ibaka just got traded. Okay, they're rolling in. Josh Engelman, by the way, he's got the trade deadline show coming up. You should check that out. Hang out with him. I'm I'm jumping on that shit if 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 Harden trade goes down. Still think it's possible. When is he doing that? What time is that at, Jordan? Uh, I don't even see it on here. He's going live, right? I think he's doing it by himself, though. I think he's producing it on his own and everything. So I don't see it on here. Two o'clock, one o'clock? I don't know. One thirty Eastern time. Okay. Yeah. So Uh-oh, Mark out. Smith in chat. He's saying Harden isn't getting traded. I know. I told him I'm going to ban him. <laughs> I'm gonna ban his ass. 
We don't know, dude. Nobody knows. Yes, it would be more advantageous to some extent to trade him, but in the offseason, but we don't know. Come on. Bengals, though, running back Joe Mixon. It's it's hard not to just look at Joe Mixon again and have uh, a lot of interest there, but do you agree that he is $3,000 more expensive than Cam Akers? Uh, do, I don't know if he absolutely should. But like, let's just look at this, uh, you know, take the salaries away from this. Just look at the game situation. Joe Mixon is the only running back whose touches you can trust. If you're looking at 20 touch probability or 20 opportunity probability, it is Joe Mixon compared to the field and, and probably Joe Mixon takes it in terms of overall probability. You want touches because from touches often comes production. We don't know if he's going to be efficient. Los Angeles was, was actually better by the end of the season in terms of ranking against the run than they were against the pass. Now, I still think that they are a defense designed to stop the pass. But one thing that's really interesting about the Cincinnati Bengals, especially from a DFS perspective, is that there are two ways that this game goes better than expected for the Bengals, right? One is that their offense has enough firepower to just keep up with the Rams in some sort of shootout game. And two, they have a running back who, if that line gets going and they are able to keep the uh, Rams, again, that are built for the pass rush as well on defense off balance, suddenly if Joe, Joe Mixon gets a few big big plays, scores a touchdown, then they're in business that way. They will keep running it down the Rams' throat. So I think he's a solid DFS play. I just don't know if it's the most likely outcome that he actually hits his salary-based expectation. I hear you. I think the Bengals are just one of those tougher teams this week. You have Jamar. You have a secondary for the Rams that is really not as stellar as you'd, as you'd believe. They're a good defense. Their pass rush is filthy. I want to get to a decent amount of Rams defense. I think they could still give up points but still easily get there. So that's not a big concern of mine. Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, Jamar Chase, and then CJ Usama. This is another one. Him and Higby are both dealing with that MCL strain. Um, but it looks, it looks like he has a, a, a better chance of playing. I think he's almost going to play. He had that dramatic. Did you see this dramatic thing that he did with his knee brace? No. He like was in starting a press conference and it was right off the practice field and he ripped off his knee brace and he like <laughs> flung it to midfield, like saying like the brace is off. Like I'm good to go. I, I think he's going to play. Uh, all right. Well, we got He still hasn't practiced, so I got to see something, but I agree. It also wouldn't shock me that, that he plays and is limited and drew sample plays. And then they just keep drew sample in to block more to protect burrow and then you just see a lot, everything going to the, to, the, to the wide receivers, of which they really only run three of them. I know you saw Mike Thomas play two snaps last game. Once in a while, he'll get in for a snap or two, Matt. But this is a three-wide receiver uh, receiving core. That's it. It's Chase, Boyd, and Higgins. That's it. Yeah, Trent Taylor will be the other person you see on the field if it's not any of them. Uh, that's what happened. We saw more Trent Taylor, but it's not like he got a target. He just got more snaps on the field. Um, that's, that's not, that's not where we're going. What? When we, we saw Trent Taylor on the field last, last game. When yeah. One CJ snap. Was on... And Mike Thomas played two snaps. Yeah. 
So there you go. Wow, it was one snap. You know, the only reason I remember that is because two of the two of us sitting at the bar was going, who is number 11? <laughs> I, didn't, on, on dude, the I thought the same thing. I didn't know Cause cause if they had Erickson. He was like a, a returner who was number 11. But yeah, OK, Alex so one Erickson? Snap, forget it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he was there last year, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is Let's he see. gone? He is. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah. yeah, who how do you prioritize these guys on ownership and salary and everything? And, and, and what about captaining them? So I think all three receivers are absolutely in play. I really like T Higgins when you look at his ceiling probability compared to salary based expectations. But let's not kid ourselves. Jamar Chase is having one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. If you're looking at anybody other than Cooper Cup to lead this game in receiving, I think it's Jamar Chase way ahead of Odell Beckham. Uh, if you told me that Jamar Chase was the reason the Bengals won this game and he was the long shot MVP winner, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. That's probably what the fifth or sixth most likely thing to happen in this game. I'm not yeah. saying it definitely will, but boy, that seems very reasonable. I mean, Jalen, as good as Jalen Ramsey was this year and has been for many years, it's not like he hasn't been beat on one or two plays that could change the course of the game. And if you look at these three wide receivers in our top plays tool, they all have positive leverage in the flex play. So even if they are slightly negative leverage, some of them in the, in the captain spot, those are just rounding errors, right? Like I can get overweight on any one of those players. So from a value perspective, I guess it's Higgins, but really I'm just trying my darndest to get to chase. Jordan, is your Twitch name grown Simba? <laughs> get out of here. How did I know? How did I know? Grown, where does that come from? But what does it mean? So it's like a, an adult lion, you know? Like when Simba grows up, he's the king kind of thing. Yeah, like the that Simba when he grew up. Exactly, he yeah. Accepted his responsibilities. Yeah. Okay. You know what your name should be? What's that? I, I always forget to put producer cam on when there's a good time <laughs> to put producer cam on. Have you on? I did it. I put it on now. There we go. Okay. Okay. It's too late now. I mean, there's nothing left to say. Anyway. Your background looks good. Like, dude, if you clean that up a little bit back there, background does, doesn't man. look bad at all. You got a nice pad, nice place. There's always that California sun that I'm jealous of, dude. Yeah. yeah. You got to show I know. up. It's crazy, man. Looks good. Sleepless Joe Jackson. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. All right. Um, oh, I did mention free content. If you guys ever want to jump over with us at Awesomeo, though, uh, awesomeo.com slash join. You can do a week, a month, whatever you want. And for anybody asking about the deadline show, trade deadline show, we just mentioned it, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. I also hope, I mean, you guys, you guys hang. And I know so, a lot of you are always saying, like, when are we going to do a fun show where we can knock some back? You know, drink a little bit, have some fun. We're doing a ranking show, Super Bowl ranking show. Everything from from Super Bowl halftime performances to food to best worst games, best everything. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Ben Rasa, Eric Think was myself tonight, eight p.m. Right, put the kids to bed, tell the wife you're gonna go hang out with the boys, 
and we're going to have some drinks. I mean, Jordan, right? You, you said you got a bottle of vodka in the, in the freezer that you're going to crack open. Yeah, I got a, I got a bottle that we, we will, we will definitely All right. open up. Yeah. I got a fresh bottle of Jack Daniels. See, I, I, I don't need the, I, I, the good stuff to me is useless, Matt, because I'll just rip through it as I would anything else. That's the problem. I I am a fan of fancy liquors in fancy places, like a yeah, win in Rome situation. Like, I do not I order remember... Jack Daniels. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I just want to re- like remember that time we were at this and we drank this. That's the kind of memory I want to make. Like I don't need to I don't need to sit at my house with the people I love and I see all the freaking time with the fanciest liquors. Exactly. Like I'm not breaking. I- Four Roses, Love at Woodford, all that stuff. Some of my, some of the, some of the, I'm not drinking Johnny Blue on a, on a live stream at 8 p.m. on a Thursday night. That's all you I'm You want to hear my Johnny Blue story? What's up? I got a Johnny Blue story for you. Fire away. Anybody, so, oh, join us tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have some drinks together. Whatever, whatever you do, I don't judge. Come hang out. Uh, make it happen. <laughs> Um, so back in the day, I was, uh, a young pup in New York city and I was working as a cater waiter and I was assigned to quite a fancy event in, uh, in Lincoln square. It was overlooking, uh, you know, this central park view is unbelievable. There was, uh, multiple pop artists who you definitely know, would know the name of a name of it. There were two presidents in that room. It was a pretty wild night. And at the end, there was a toast that was supposed to be done for everyone in the room. However, this room of super, super fancy people, many of them had places to be by 9 p.m. and had left, leaving carts of filled Johnny Blue in cups backstage that were going to be thrown away. And I did not usually drink ever on the job. And I found a time. <laughs> you had to preface that. I found a time to. Uh, imbibe. Imbibe, if you will. Um, I made sure some of that got thrown away in a very specific manner. I uh, bet. Is, is Dude, what a that. gold mine. I, 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 I'll never forget it. Like just looking at like a full cart full of like 50 toasts of Johnny blue that we're going to go to waste. How many did you rip? I don't remember, but I'm proud of the number. <laughs> All right. I love it. It tasted amazing. Johnny blue is awesome, man. It, it, it's good stuff. I, I, but again, I wouldn't buy a, a bottle of it just out of principle. I, I, I would like, I got a couple bottles that I have tucked away for special occasions, but when the buddies come over, we're just, we're drinking and it all has the same effect, you know, <laughs> maybe if I have my next winning. kid or something, we'll, we'll break out some, something good. But as of now, well, Jack Daniels, maybe some Jameson Jack, the Jameson black barrel is nice too. A buddy of mine grabbed me that the other day mm-hmm. for, or during around Christmas for a Pollyanna gift. I don't know if you know what Pollyannas are. Some people call them white elephant maybe, or pink. Ele- oh, something. like you gift them around and you like, everybody picks a swap. number. Everyone picks a number and you don't know who it is. And then you exchange gifts. Yeah. It's a fun way to do things with friends. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, 
close out uh, the Bengals for me, Matt. Anything else here that we want to talk about? Like, if Usama's out, do we play Sample? If he's in, do we play him? I worry that he's going to be limited. I really do. I actually think that's the most likely outcome, and right, that's the what that's the worst because it probably means Usoma needs to get there with a touchdown. You know, one of the things we saw Usoma hit in a showdown slate earlier in the season, but he was doing it on catch and run plays on tight end screens that they are definitely willing to call for him when he's healthy. I do not think that will be in the plays uh play calling for Drew Sample here. Tyler Boyd, we really haven't spoken of at all. He definitely is a player that I'm interested in in terms of projection compared to salary-based expectation. He looks really good on on paper. He's firmly in the you can play him category, but in terms of expected fantasy points, he's at half the number of expected fantasy points, the half the level of opportunity of players like Higgins and Chase. So it really is sort of an outlier when Boyd hits and those players don't. And that's really what you need to have happen if you're going to fade Higgins and Chase and play a player like Boyd. I don't see why you you don't have to go there, in my opinion, even though he looks decent on paper. Yeah, I I get that. The only thing I would say, not really to counter it, but is if Burrow is under constant duress, Boyd would be one of those guys that you might be able to get the ball out quicker to, especially if Usama doesn't play or is limited, you might see a little bit more of that. Now, granted, listen, you can get the ball to chase anywhere on the field and just let him work his magic afterwards. But a slot guy like Boyd, I do think could benefit a little bit from that. But I'll say this much, like if, if, if Usama's out and it's Drew Sample at 4,200 or Boyd at 5,400, you're going Boyd all day there. So I do think we, at least if you put it in context, Boyd's better than, than some of those guys below him where it just gets heinous, Matt. That's, you know, that, that's where I would draw the line. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. If you're, you know, we're talking about a player who has a 97% route participation rate sitting at 5,400 on the Cincinnati Bengals who it's not like they're, you know, huge underdogs in this game. It just takes a little swing of the game script for them to be, you know, scoring more points than their opponent, in which case then their probability of their their tertiary wide receiver hitting is far from zero. It's just not somewhere if you're making three to five lineups, you don't have to look at that value and say like, how do I fit Tyler Boyd in? You're right. prioritizing different players here other than Boyd. Uh, Adam Bomb, mother, and we're going to turn this over. Stick around. Same exact stream fan up uh, strategy show coming up right after this with Greg and Ryan says, all vodka is the same, especially mixed with sour apple mix. I I totally disagree. This is what I'm saying. I'm not. I, I don't pride myself on being fancy. One one may actually say that I have an underdeveloped palate, right? I mean, I will eat some shit, but not actors. You, you know what I mean, Matt? I, I'm not. I'm not somebody. <laughs> some figurative shit. Man, listen, a twenty dollar burger or thirty dollar burger. I guarantee I could find you an eight dollar burger that tastes just as good. Most people would disagree with that. Oh, you're crazy, Lavi. You need bison meat. No, I don't. I mean, I will. A good burger is a good burger. If it tastes good to me, I don't care what you have to say about it because it tastes good to me. But if you're buying Nikolai vodka in a plastic, you know, gallon bottle, you may need psychological treatment because those are lighting your esophagus on fire. Oh, it's disgusting, man. It's just disgusting. Like, I have, Matt, what I'm saying is you may not think I have any standards, but I at least have some standards, right? Like Jack Daniels is still somewhat respectable in the sense that 
I'm not trying to poison myself. No. There's like a minimum, there's a minimum threshold, right? Like the, yeah, correct. the, the correct. maximum can be kind of wasted on mundane moments in life. But like, yeah, I'm past the Georgie vodkas of my life as well. Like I'm proud to be past that. I'm past, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, Natty, I might be done with Natty Light. Like I can afford if I'm playing beer pong to, to buy some Bud Light. We can do it these days. So maybe I'm done there too. You never know. <laughs> but uh, but I'm a Coors Light yeah, guy. Okay, there you go. But yeah, yeah, for, you're right. Making the same point. Anyway, Matt, this was fun, man. This is it. End of the road, baby. Wild, wild to think about it. It's been a great year. Can't wait to do some marathon matchups starting next season. And I'm sure we'll be on some NBA stuff going forward here. But uh, until next NFL season, guys, thank you for hanging with us. Here's a send off. Let's shout out all of our winners that got into the awesome Hall of Fame. Stick right here on the channel. Greg and Ryan coming up with the fan up show right after this and hit that thumbs up. As you wait for them, go to awesome.com slash avatar, download the avatar and use it on whatever site you play. You finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more. You know what happens? Well, you tweet us at awesome HOF. You get a free month of awesome plus platinum. We, we shout you out here. We do the bragging for you on the hall of fame segment, just like a Anderson hundred K up top. And then uh Palicurus, I guess. 28,000 there, first and second in the fadeaway the other day. Huge stuff. Our boy T.O. Deck, $13,000, taking that one down, bringing his 2022 to uh, a solid level. And then you got HJK. Here's a new one, $1,800. Choppy audio on the always entertaining live before lock shares there. All I heard was Greg say 100% Lance Stevenson and lock. Hey, we'll take it, man. And then Andy. 25 or 250, Mr. B 14, 5K, NBA SWAT. What else do we got? Zoot. Zoot. He DM'd me and told me I was pronouncing his name wrong. So, Zoot. Good stuff. He's been up here a lot. Frequent super chatter. We like him. Zoot. Second place, 433. Congrats to you. And then Daniel. First place, 250. Huge thanks to Ship My Money and Awesome for the GPP plays that landed me on Dennis Smith Jr. and Whiteside. It's a good way to end it, Matt. That's it. It's a lot of fun. Sure is, man. Was. Now go steal some Johnny Blue. Uh, why don't you? <laughs> Sounds good, man. I mean, I would have, I think anyone in their right minds would have done that, right? Didn't I just make the right decision? I just made the rational yeah, decision. They would have thrown it the, out. They're not going to pour it back the in the circumstances bottle. circumstances I was given. Thank you. You know what happened? What happened? Someone else would have drank it if you didn't. And then you'd sit there and be like, I'm trying to be a good person. And I should have known that everyone else wasn't going to do the right thing. So why should I? You know, that's a good way to live life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll, we'll see <laughs> you guys totally back did. here tonight for the ranking show. Josh's 1.30 trade deadline show. NBA Deeper Dive Live Before Lock. And then the ranking show, Ben, Eric, and myself for the Super Bowl, 8 p.m. tonight. Hang out, have some drinks with us. We got a lot coming up throughout the day. Thanks as always. Don't go anywhere. The Fan Up Strategy Show coming up next. Peace. See ya.